I'd like to give credit to Mike McCorkle, Jeff Willingham, uh, Hugh Miller uh, for helping me with a problem that I've had, that I've struggled with. And, uh, you know, the scripture tells us that iron sharpens iron, and uh, their iron is much harder than mine is in this, in this particular area that I've struggled with. I want to talk about that for a little while this morning. And perhaps you have struggled with this area too, I don't know. <clears throat> I have noticed it uh, in the congregations that, that we've been able to visit that uh, this type of thing has, has uh, kind of cropped up a little bit. You know, I, I, uh, I don't like the fact that my wife ordered a stove seven months ago, and we're still waiting for it because COVID. It shut down everything, so we're still waiting on that stove. I don't like the fact that uh, normal, everyday things have changed. I just don't like it. And on a more serious note, I don't like uh, what I perceive as some of our liberties being infringed upon. Okay, I don't like that personally. Okay, you may not agree with me. That's not the point of this. Okay. More importantly, I don't like uh, I don't like not being able to hug everybody like I used to. I don't like uh, the the services being changed. It's unfamiliar, you know. Uh, some congregations don't meet as often as they do, or they they change the way they do it. That, that's just personal. I don't like that. Okay. And uh, I don't like the fact that some of our evangelists and some, some of our men who speak and their lessons are, are posted on the internet have uh, become persecuted because of some of the things they've said from Scripture. The Scripture says, I don't like that. Because I see an increase in, in the persecution. You know, it's, it's strange to me. Okay? But, you know... The whole time that I've, I've been on earth and that my parents have been on earth and my grandparents and my great-grandparents, we've, we've known peace. We could worship how we wanted to worship, okay? But it was just pointed out to me not too long ago that that is an aberration because the whole history of, of God's people, the last 200 years is an aberration. It's, it's not the rule, it's the exception to the rule. Because the major majority of that time, God's people have been persecuted. Okay? It kind of comes with the territory. It comes when we sign on with it. You know, we should expect some of that. <clears throat> In Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 3, A prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. So it's good to, to know, to see things coming. Uh, in 2020, there were 260 million reported in, uh, incidences of intense persecution of Christians. I'm not talking about talking bad to you. I'm talking about physical persecution. 
imprisonment, torture, and even death. <clears throat> That's a 6% six, 6 increase from 19 to 2020. One year. 2,983 Christians were killed. 9,448 buildings were burned or attacked. Okay? That's just what was reported. So you can imagine what it really is. <clears throat> it's not that persecution may come. It's here. But that, that, is, that is the norm. Okay? That's the norm. I uh, <clears throat> want to talk about being convicted. We were at a uh, senior night football game a few years ago. And uh, Josh was refereeing that football game. And we were sitting up in the stands uh, with Glenda and Jalen were with us. Y'all remember that? Well, you know, uh, the, the moms there, the mom mafia, you know, that's what they called themselves. Shannon was part of them. You know, they, they had the boys playing. Some of them are pretty radical, you know. Well, we're all sitting up there in that group in the stands, and, and one of them women just rips off and just tears into Josh. Talking crazy, yelling, I mean, ridiculous. And it kind of got quiet there. And Jalen said, uh, Mommy, is that Daddy down there? Pointing at Josh, refereeing the football game. You could have heard a pin drop. <laughs> you know what? The mafia moms didn't talk no more trash about Josh the rest of the game. Because they were convicted. You know, by the, by the words of a babe. <clears throat> I sat... Uh, in a study of men, of Christian men, not too long ago. And this is just one conversation that I've taken part in and listened to. And I sat there and listened <clears throat> to myself and, and mainly just brothers talking about uh, the idiots in authority. And the riots in the streets. And why are they letting these people riot and burn down the cities, but they're not, they're not persecuting them, what, making them wear a mask? But we got to wear a mask wherever we go. And we're abiding by the law. And talking about the Green New Deal and the loss of jobs and all our brothers and sisters who are going to be hurt by these changes that, the, that they perceive to be coming. Uh, gun control, about our uh, republic turning into a socialist state. And I'm sitting here watching as this speech is going back and forth. Now, I'm not asking you to agree with it or disagree with it. I'm just telling you what happened. And I'm looking at these guys, and their faces are turning red. One of them was sweating. 
And I thought to myself, man, I wonder if that's what I look like. Because I've said some of those same things. And I went to the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I was red as a beet. You talk about being convicted. Because I know that that's what I look like. A lack of peace. So I want to talk about this rebellion. I know that uh, at a certain point, this attitude becomes rebellious. Okay? And I'm going to tell you that uh, when, when I was told that I had to wear a, a, a face mask and certain stores are not come in, I felt like somebody had slapped me. Okay? felt like that was an infringement upon my liberty. And I rebelled against that somewhat. You put the mask on and pull it down below your nose. Uh, and that, what I perceived as rebellion. Now I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. Ezekiel 12 and 2 says, Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house, which have eyes to see and see not, They have ears to hear and hear not, for they are a rebellious house. And that's the problem with rebellion. Rebellion blinds a person. Rebellion makes a person deaf. And here's the root of the problem. It's in the heart. In Jude chapter 1 verse 8, Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, And speak evil of dignitaries. Anybody guilty of that? I am. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, the devil himself, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. The devil himself, the epitome of evil. And the angel, he didn't rail against him. In Romans chapter 13 and verse 1, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God, the powers that be ordained of God. The scripture said it. Again there in Jude 1, picking up there in verse 10. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beast, and those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. I want to take a look at this a little bit deeper. This rebellion of Korah. <clears throat> now, if you're familiar, Korah rebelled against Moses' rule. And what I mean by that, there's a line there, you see. 
Because it was not wrong to disagree with Moses. Jethro did that. Jethro disagreed with Moses. There in Exodus chapter 18 and 17, And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. He didn't agree with what he was doing. Okay? But Korah took it to another level. Not only did he disagree, but he rebelled. There in Numbers 16 and 31, God comments on this rebellion. And it came to pass as he had made an end of the speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was under them, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and all their goods. They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. That was God's answer to outright rebellion. And Moses was not only the religious authority, he was the civil authority. And Korah rebelled against that. So I want to ask you, where do we look for answers? Do we look to Fox News? Boy, I had a habit of doing that. Because they said what I agreed with, for the most part. Do we look to CNN, to the radio, to Facebook? They say that 80% of people get their news from Facebook. Is that where we go for answers about what's right and wrong? Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 1 says, Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. God tells us what is good and evil. We don't get that from a man. Not as Christians. <clears throat> you know, some, some rebellion is not loud. Okay, Some of the most rebellious people I've ever known have been quiet. You know, they don't voice it. It's a quiet rebellion. But nonetheless, it is rebellion. There in Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 23, But this people hath a revolting and rebellious heart. They are revolted and gone. Neither say they in their heart, Let us now fear the Lord our God that giveth rain. But the former and the latter in his season, he reserveth unto the appointed weeks of the harvest. You see, Rebellion, whether it's loud and in your face or quiet and reserved, it's still rebellion. It's still a matter of the heart. I know, I, I don't know if y'all can make out that sign. That sign's been up there, I know, since at least 1985. It's still up there. Right as you drive into Stratford, it says, Home of God, Grass and Grit. Man, I love that sign. It's just a great sign, you know. <coughs> And it's a great attitude, home of God, grass, and grit. But what happens when we use God, we, we try to use that attitude to pursue our own goals, to pursue our own agenda? In the name of God, we better make sure that it's really in the name of God and according to God's will.
It talks about King Saul. You know, he was uh, there in 1 Samuel. It's a picturesque, uh, ideal model of a man. Great leader. And he was made king, ordained by God as king. And God told him to go in a specific battle, to kill them all. Kill the king, his people, the animals, everything. Don't take none of the goods, destroy it all. And if you're familiar with that story, King Saul went in and conquered. But he took the king. And he took the best possessions of that land and brought them back home. Because he wanted to do it his way. He wanted to worship God and sacrifice these animals and these things that he had, had obtained in this battle. Sacrifice them to God. You see, he wanted to do it his way. 1 Samuel 15 and 23, this was the answer. For rebellion as is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And he was removed. Because this ordained man of God, somewhere along the way, decided to do things his way. Instead of the way God commanded them to be done. The word says in Romans chapter 13 and verse 1, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For, the, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. That's what the word of God says. That's what it says. And uh, <laughs> I know a lot of us don't like it in today's times. You know, a lot of things have not gone our way. as far as what we think should be made into law and be the law of the land. <clears throat> there in verse 5 it says, Wherefore you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For for this cause pay ye tribute also of for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. I uh, had a guy ask me, so this whole tax deal, you know, uh, we're supposed to pay taxes when the government, if the government goes back to, to using government money, using our tax money to fund abortions. Is that what you're telling me? Scripture tells us it's not our job to worry. It's not our job 
to make decisions. The government makes that decision. Our duty is to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. And it's on Caesar, the decision he makes about what he does with those funds. That's what scripture tells us. <clears throat> Here's some common statements. And I think I've made every one of these except for one that you can apply to our current situations. That's stupid. It's stupid. I still kind of feel that way about a lot of that stuff. But that don't matter, you see. That's evil. And I really don't know if all that stuff that's been going on is evil. Some of it is. That's unconstitutional. You know what? Uh, our commanding document, uh, the preeminent document is not, uh, you know, the Constitution. Our document that we live by is this, the Scripture. And the Scripture, it doesn't give us a lot of the liberties that, that are guaranteed by the government, you know. That supersedes supersedes the government the science doesn't support it you know the trouble with that argument is, is you've got science that proves this side of it and I've got science that proves this side of it and I ask you what does that profit I'd also ask you what does that produce what, when you hear these, these, these comments these directives that are given to us what does it produce? I'm going to tell you what it, what it does for me. It makes me feel like I've been insulted. That I've been slapped in the face. When somebody tells me, you've got to do these things. That's what it feels like. Well, you know what Jesus said about that? Jesus said there in Matthew chapter 5 and 38, You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whatsoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, Turn to, him, turn, turn to him the other also. That's what Jesus said about that. When somebody slaps you on the cheek, you turn the other cheek to them. And this is taken to extreme. First time that, that I participated in, in this type of study, the argument immediately arose, uh, well, so you're telling me that this scripture is saying that uh, if somebody comes in and starts beating me up, that I've just got to lay down there and take it. Or if somebody breaks into my house and is threatening my wife and kids, i just got to lay down and take it and let it happen because that's the Christian thing to do. If somebody breaks in this door right here, comes in here and threatens the congregation, i just got to sit down on this step and let him go at it. That's not what that scripture is saying, folks. That scripture said if somebody slaps you. Not kill or hurt you and your family. That's not what that scripture said. It's about an insult. Because in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 43. Jesus also says but know this. That if the good man of the house had known. And what watch the thief would come. He would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. You see, it's, it's not talking about that. There's a difference there between being insulted, 
being, being insulted and being assaulted. But the bottom line is, is, are we fighting the wrong battle in all this? When we're worried about, you know, fighting the mass mandate or, fast, or fighting the, uh, these various laws and ordinances that come down, are we worried about the wrong thing here? Jesus said there in John chapter 18, verse 36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world, for if my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. That I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. And if we're part of his kingdom, our kingdom is not part of this world either. As much as I love the United States, as much as I love the blessings that we've lived under, as much as I respect the men and women who have fought and protected this country, I'm going to tell you something. This is not our kingdom. So when do we resist? The $64,000 question, right? When do we resist? When do we have the right to resist? Not only the right, but the duty. <clears throat> We're given the example of Daniel. He would not worship a false god. And it may come to this at some time or another in your lifetime that you're required to do this. But Daniel would not. There in verse 5, chapter 3, verse 5. That at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that is Nebuchadnezzar, the king hath set it up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. He would not bow down. And he went to the furnace. John the Baptist spoke truth to power. You hear that a lot, don't you? Now, speaking truth to power. John spoke truth to power because Herod had taken a, a bride unlawfully from his brother. There in Mark chapter 6 and 18, for John had said unto Herod, it is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. You see, it's, it's not wrong to speak the truth. It's our duty to speak the truth. But with salted speech. The way God would have us speak. Peter and John kept preaching. When they were told to shut up about the gospel. They were threatened. They kept preaching. When the apostles were beaten and abused for preaching, they kept preaching. When the early first century Christians were persecuted from town to town and chased and imprisoned and put to death, they kept preaching. That's when we resist. That's when we stand up. When it comes in violation of God's law. Even Paul respected authority when he was put before the council to question, there in Acts chapter 23 and verse 1, and Paul earnestly beholding the council said, Men and brethren, 
I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded them that they stood by him to smite him on the mouth. Then said Paul unto him, God shall smite thee, thou whited wall. For sittest thou to judge me after the law, and commandest me to be smitten contrary to the law? And they that stood by said, Revilest thou God's high priest? And Paul said, I wist not, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. The ruler did wrong. Okay, He violated the law by ordering a man to strike Paul in the mouth. And Paul spoke truth to that power. Okay, But then when he realized who it was that he was speaking to, he said, I wish not, brethren, that it was the high priest, for it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. God's God's law takes precedence over all our feelings. Even when people in authority are doing wrong, okay? God is not a Democrat and he's not a Republican. But that seat of power, that seat of power and those seats of power in Washington and in Austin, that's ordained by God. Those seats are. Christ's example. Christ submitted to his parents. Now I ask you parents, uh, not the kids, I'm going to ask the parents. Have you always done everything right? Have you never made any mistakes? Even small ones with your kids. I've made a bunch. I bought my son a truck, a brand new truck, and gave it to him trying to make up for, for stuff that I'd missed. Instead of making him work for that truck and appreciate it, I just gave it to him. That was a mistake. We as parents make mistakes sometimes. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus was obedient to his parents. You think they didn't make any mistakes? There in Luke chapter 2 and 51, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. He obeyed them. Colossians chapter 3 and 20, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well and pleasing unto the Lord. <clears throat> Christ was subject to authority, to religious authority. <clears throat> there in Matthew chapter 5 and 17, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. You know, there's been men that have uh, been ordained, put in positions of authority in this congregation. And in many congregations it is so because that's the way the, way the Bible teaches. Every decision that they make, we may not every one of us agree with every one, okay? 
But it says right there in Hebrews chapter 13 and 17, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they that watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. We need to follow Christ's example and be obedient. If the king can do it, can't we do it? Subject to civil authority. Christ was subject to civil authority. There in John chapter 19 and verse 10. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldest not have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivereth me unto thee hath the greater sin. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Jesus subjected himself to civil authority. And you know why he did that? Because God ordained those powers. He was obedient to God's will. And most importantly, Jesus was subject to the Father's authority. John chapter 5 and verse 30. I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just. Because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. And he hath withdrawn, and there in Luke it says there in chapter 22 and 30, 41. This is right before he went to be crucified. Uh, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Christ was here on earth to do the Father's will. Now, I don't know... <clears throat> I don't know, you know, where you're at here this morning on this rebellion deal. And I, I dare say there's probably some of you that don't agree with me totally on all this. But I would ask you to study the Word of God. And, 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 if, and if you think that I'm in error about some of these scriptures, I'd like to study with you. Because if, if I'm wrong, I want to know. Because the way I read it, and the way I understand the scriptures is, uh, rebellion is the same thing as pride. And I've had a problem with pride all my life. Because it's a failure to submit to the proper authority. The authority is ordained by God. We don't have to agree with everything that they say or do. And we're not. We're not going to do that. But those seats were ordained by God. And our responsibility is to submit. To humble ourselves. I don't know the hearts and minds of those here present today. If there's anyone who... Who has not humbled themselves before the Lord and obeyed the gospel. Uh, that, that opportunity is present here this morning. There's no time like the present. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. You don't want to die in a state of rebellion because rebellion, like pride, will not stand in the face of God. If you're here this morning and you've had a rebellious heart, uh, don't feel like the Lone Ranger, okay? Okay?
Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.